Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Springtime is so good, especially for those of us who live in places with distinct seasons. We've been waiting for this, and our enjoyment right now is actually intensified by the fact that we have been waiting for this, which is what Jesus taps into in the words we'll hear from him in a a few moments here from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let's pray that these words go deep into us as we explore them together here online. Father, we are so glad for your good gift of creation, our embodied life to joy, not just what we know and not just what we feel and not just what we touch and not simply some spiritual, ethereal, mystical experience, but all of the above in you and with you. And so open us up to these words that are your words spoken through your son, Jesus. Those, those many years ago on a hill in Palestine and to us again right now. Make these words live in us that we may meet you and be changed to be more and more like you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 5, 1-6 Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This right here is an apple fritter. It's one of my favorite ways to get unnecessary fat and sugar into my body. And uh, this one happens to come from one of my favorite bakeries, uh, Hillcrest Bakery, right there over my shoulder here in Bothell. It's been a a long-standing obsession of mine in each place we've lived to find the best apple fritter that I possibly can. And uh, here we are in Bothell. There was a brief time while I was working at a donut bakery for a few months back in high school where they held perhaps less appeal for me. It, it, It is possible to eat too many donuts. I didn't know this, but I've learned. But it's an obsession I've come right back to because they're just so good. 
And we're talking about hunger this morning because we're joining Jesus in that conversation he had with those people there on the side of the mountain at the beginning of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus began in a really unexpected place saying, blessed are the poor. Not those who think they have it, not those who are full, not those who know that they're right with God, not the good people, but the people who know their need for him. Then Jesus tells us that blessed are those who mourn, which directly contradicts our experience. None of us go around seeking sadness. And yet Jesus says that those of us who rightly grieve our losses and come alongside others in theirs will find, much to our surprise, that God himself is our comfort. And then Jesus tells us that the meek are happy, those who use their strength in a controlled way in the service of love for others, that those who have given everything away will find, to their surprise, that the whole earth belongs to them. Which brings us to blessed are the hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I like how Pastor Erwin McManus puts it. This one, this one almost seems right, but Jesus is just always a little bit off from where we think he should go. Because if Jesus had said, blessed are the righteous, we would have all said, yeah, of course. God's looking for righteous people. God's looking for people who have the right theology, who make the right decisions, who live the right kind of life. God's looking for the good people who have it together and he's going to bless them. That's certainly what the religious leaders of Jesus' own time thought and many of the rest of us in the century since. Right? The righteous will be blessed and the rest of us are in some serious trouble. But that's not what Jesus says here. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And just like in those days back when I was making donuts, I did not actually want donuts very much for a while there because I'd already had plenty. We hunger and thirst for things that we do not have yet, like maybe a good lunch at the box. Food and drink are a perpetual object lesson for us, that life itself comes from outside of ourselves. No matter how strong or self-sufficient we think we are, every, what, maximum few days, we need to drink. And every few weeks at the outside, we need to eat. We simply cannot sustain ourselves. We depend, delightfully so, on what comes into us from the created order and from God himself as well. We are delightfully dependent, and that's a good thing. That the righteousness God invites us into extends into all of life is precisely why we film our worship services online in a variety of places, homes, workplaces, restaurants. But James, you might reasonably respond, Righteousness doesn't have anything to do with keeping rules. Doesn't God give us a whole bunch of rules? I mean, there's these things called the Ten Commandments, and you know, the first five books of the Bible are often referred to as the books of the law. And my response would be, well, yes, yes, there are, there are rules and commandments and things we, we are invited to obey. But listen to how God himself in Scripture describes the purpose of the law. We have Christmas songs 
our Jewish friends have, among others, Feast of Booths songs by the Hebrew name Sukkot. And to this day, our Jewish friends celebrate the giving of the law, living in booths as people did in the wilderness and receiving God's instructions for life. And in Psalm 81, for instance, which is a Feast of Booths song, it begins with lots of calls for loud singing and celebration and tambourines and other things, but then continues with telling about the situation with the people of God in Egypt. You called out in distress because they were enslaved, and I rescued you, that would be the Red Sea. I answered you from the thundercloud, that would be Mount Sinai. And then in verse 10, we read the first couple lines from the Ten Commandments. This is how the Ten Commandments open up in the book of Exodus, quoted here in verse 10 of Psalm 81. I am the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. And Hebrew poetry being all about parallels, if the first line of a couplet is about the Ten Commandments, the first line, no less, we would expect the second line to be telling us about the law, what the law is for, what God's commands are for. And here's what we read. As a summary of the law, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. This is how God himself in the inspired word of scripture summarizes the purpose of the law, that we, God's people, would open up wide and be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus is just cribbing from Psalm 81 here and many other places, tambien. When I think of what it can look like to hunger and thirst for righteousness, I, I think of my friend, Pastor Hydro in Colombia, He's one of the guys there who has taken the lead among the, the various churches in serving Venezuelan immigrants in the Barranquilla area. He's out among them several times a week, bringing food and medicine and other things that have been collected and paid for by various grant funds that they've been able to secure. But he's not just bringing things, he's loving and caring for the people. But, but here's the other thing. He's under no illusion that him going out, even with a bunch of other people, is solving the problem, right? But he's hungering and thirsting for righteousness, even though he knows it's beyond what he could possibly bring into being himself. He's hungering and thirsting for God's righteousness to be on display to these people. And likewise, when I think of folks who and there are many of them among us as Inglewood Church and others beyond who consistently take time and care with those who are in the hospital or sick or ill or disabled, who need a phone call or a note in the mail, who need a visit, people who hunger and thirst for rightness between them, hunger and thirst for a rightness to be done for those who are in need. And again, not because them visiting, writing a card, making a phone call is going to solve the problem, is going to fix everything, but because they're conscious of partnering with God in bringing his comfort and his healing to this person. Similarly, there are 
some of you I've had conversations with about new steps you are taking to, to meet God and create space in your life to, to welcome him in. New steps into prayer or scripture, new steps into trust. And not that everything's all fixed now, but together we're hungering and thirsting for more of God himself. And again, likewise, there are many of you that I know and love who are investing yourself in caring for the created order, the world around us. Everything from the native planting and the rehabilitation we've done and the wetlands on our property and other places around in the community. Some of you are very invested in addressing climate change and both on a policy level and a personal choice level. These are all a hungering and a thirsting for goodness and rightness that, yeah, exceeds anything that any one of us can do or even collectively, but partnering with God and trusting that he will fill us. We have to get it into our heads and into our hearts that God isn't looking for perfect people who have it all together and never made a mistake in their lives. God can't actually help those people. And let's be honest, those kind of people don't actually exist. They just think they do. Elsewhere, Jesus describes himself as a doctor, come to heal the sick. Not calling the people who think they're righteous, but calling the people who know that they are unrighteous, but hunger and thirst for what is beyond them so precisely he can fill them. And so the invitation for us is to simply lay down our pretense and pretending and open ourselves up, open our mouths wide and let God fill us with himself, with what is beyond us to do for ourselves. And so let's do that. Open your mouth wide by looking into scripture and feeding on the words there. Not because there are words on a page in some kind of magic book, but because God himself promises to speak through them to our hearts and make us whole. Let's open our mouths wide so that God can feed us in community, press into relationship with each other, with your friends, yes, of course, with your family, where there's reconciliation needed, go for it but also with others who are making the same attempt to open our mouths wide and be fed. Find others who are hungering and thirsting for the righteousness that comes from God alone and be with them. Yes, here online and in person, whether with us as Inkwood Church or some other community, gather with God's people, open our mouths wide to gather so that we may be filled to gather. This promise is so incredibly tangible, just as it's tangible for me to enjoy my apple fritters. May it be for all of us tangible joy to be fed by the very words and presence of God as we open ourselves up to him and find that he is good. Psalm 81 closes with these words, Oh, that my people would turn to me. I would feed them with the finest of wheat, 
and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy them. May that be true for us. Amen.